Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 13th of December in the year of our Lord, 2001. As bad You have two more weeks left to use that joke. Aww. Daniel Bedingfield, gotta get through this. It's the one song in the UK. Bedingfield was inspired to write the song while walking across Tower Bridge in London town frustrated at being separated from a girl he was in love with from Leeds. It says here on Wikipedia, helpfully, in the north of England. <laughs> in the cheeky north. geography challenge bastards. The girl was a red-haired American dancer named Gina. She was a showgirl, and he was upset that the distance between <laughs> the Copa. them Copa, was preventing him from pursuing her. Benningfield went home and recorded the song in his bedroom with a microphone plugged to his home computer using a Making Waves computer audio program. The song cost £1,500 to record, and after pressing some of his own copies of the song, Benningfield sent them to various DJs. Uh, after hearing it, Polydor, which is a door that has sex with lots of doors, signed him, <laughs> and the song became a big hit. <laughs> Love, I gotta get through this. The single became Britain's 16th biggest selling single of 2001, has since been certified platinum, which is pretty all right considering it cost a grand and a half to record. That's all right, that. His sister became quite the star. Uh, Was he involved in a car accident? I'm not sure. Daniel Bedding for you. I only know him, honestly, truthfully, from that one song and then that Bo Selector bit where him and Craig David go, no, only I can do say my voice. (laughs) This is for for the likes of DJ Khaled and the like. Uh, Robbie Williams, swing when you're winning. Still number one, still rubbish. Hey, Robbie, how about you swing this? (laughs) And Matthew Uh, grabs cock. Harry Potter, what are you talking about? And cuddles the monkey stone. (laughs) That's what the Americans call it. Don't laugh, Tom. Get your cock out. <laughs> Stop talking to Robbie. The original Top Gear airs for the last time. It's the original version. It's relaunched its current form the following year. Ah, I think it's done me. Yeah, it won't last the week. Shame. Uh, Glane Entertainment, the then owners of Thomas the Tank Engine, Sooty and Art Attack, purchased a majority stake in the Welsh children's series Fireman Sam for... Are you ready for this number? Go on. For £16 million. Pounds. Jesus Christ! The deal allowed for a new season of 26 episodes to be produced and a remaster of the first four series. I didn't realise they paid more for Fireman Sam than Vince McMahon did for WCW <laughs> and his dodgy sex combined. I love that. 
Fat controller just stood there in the middle of Ponty Pandy. Imagine that, Thomas. Me, the fat controller, here in Ponty Pandy. Imagine that. And Simon Sam's just trying to like tell shooting interview people later on. I try telling them if there's a fire, I can't get on the train. <laughs> it's much easier on the thing we've already got. He's looking at me like I had three heads. What is the fate, Thomas? The very fate of Fireman Sam. Well, the fate of Fireman Sam is in my hands. Remember when Fat Controller got in the ring and started name dropping people? <laughs> yeah. Mama Lasagna, <laughs> gone. Oh. Norman, dead. <laughs> name the price for Norman Price, zero. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon. I will... I I haven't signed the contract yet for fire for, for, for fireman Sam. I will do it on the island of Sodor <laughs> yes. when, when when Sam himself delivers me the contracts. Yeah. And they said he was that. That's Ted Glenn. For both Ted and Glenn. Glenn. Oh, I thought you were going to say yes. The name on the contract doesn't save, does say at, but it actually says. Postman Pat. Ooh, we're a long way to go for that one. <laughs> it's not bad for a busk, to be fair. I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, it's just say the name on the thing says controller, but it's not fat. The thin controller. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not even that skinny, you fuck. <laughs> just because I'm fat, I wear. This week also sees the release of uh, Panasonic's GameCube-based Q multimedia console. That big silver one that plays CDs. I don't remember this. I'd be surprised if you did. Um, actually, I wasn't surprised. I'd hope you would. That's just a pointless bit then in a podcast. Already teeming with bollocks. We'll move on. <laughs> the big game this week is, are you ready? Mortal Kombat Advance. Oh, wow. Multiple outlets have regarded Mortal Kombat Advance as a particularly bad game. It won the accolade for... Worst game on Game Boy Advance and GameSpot's best and worst of 02. GamesRadar Plus ranked it number 13 on the list of its 50 worst games of all time. And Matt Matt Muscles thought it were bollocks. <laughs> That's the only review I'm really worried about. Exactly. Uh, episode 3068 of Emmerdale. Diane goes on the warpath when Nicola coolly walks into Woolpack and hands out flyers advertising free drinks at the Holiday Parks bar. Dumbfounded. That's right. Dumbfounded by Nicola's cheek and the rest of her, Diane unceremoniously throws her out of the pub. Meanwhile, Craig and Chloe are less than enthusiastic about having to dress up as elves for Santa's grotto. Well, who the fuck are you? I don't remember you. However, the same cannot be said for Seth, who basks in his role as Santa Claus. Oh, wait, Seth, good lad. Here comes Seth dressed as Santa Claus. Oh! oh. <laughs> and then Kathy tries to patch things up with Andrew but he's clearly upset by her decision to emigrate to Australia and he refuses to speak to her and Viv and is disgusted by her betrayal in the Courier's article on the phone mask debate. <laughs> phone mask debate. Oh, I wear. Who typed that up? So, someone knows what they're doing. I got tricked by a wiki, a wiki for Emmerdale. Not wiki, a wikier. Because that's the noise you make. <laughs> Issue 222. Of Sonic the Comic, aka the penultimate issue. Aww. £1.50 gets you five reprinted stories and a free gift of a pop puffer. 
No, I don't know what <laughs> puffer, this means. Puffer. This sounds like in these things Americans say that English people t- call shoes. <laughs> Those issues were uh, Flicky's Island Part 3, Hunter and the Hunted Part 3, Green Envy, Amy and Techno, Knuckles the Akinda, Jake's Story, Akinda. and Sonic's World Out of Work Hero, which is what we'll be in a few weeks' time now that the comic's gone out of us. But what oh what oh what oh what is the little lad? from episode one, A Phantom Menace, was happening in the wonderful world of professional wrestling. Oh, you want us to tell you? Oh, fair enough then. Well, we best put our best work shoes on and get to work. It's Tom Campbell, it's Matthew, it's bollocks. It must be the cultolic classic Smackdown review. It's the shoes of a champion, Matthew. <laughs> put on the shoes of a champion. How you doing, mate? I'm doing way better than I was. Uh, I had such a bloody lovely time at North. A bloody lovely time going to Anarchy Brewery. A bloody lovely time talking to people that I realised it's the first time I've been to a wrestling show in ages and I got the bug. Yay! Wasn't the vid. Because I did multiple tests. I was hoping it would be because you can fix that. Um, I was just feeling crap. Yeah. But today I've woke up, I've had four hours sleep and I actually feel really good compared <sighs> to how I have been. It's weird how the body can mess with you like that. It really is. It really is. But I'm glad you enjoyed the show. You got, you got the bug for wrestling and a bug quite literally. Oh, I'd like to say it is... It was worth getting ill for. If you'd said, Matthew, you're going to go to the show and be ill for a few days afterwards, it's like, it's fine. What an amazing show. Wasn't it good? It was a celebration of not just North, but just the people involved with the company, wrestling, the Northeast, and proving that you can run a wrestling company without diddlers. Uh, it was amazingly done with Mr. Tom Campbell. I got it. Describe I... people, he was the compare. Yeah. Uh, and then people said, what are you talking about, Matthew? Nothing compares to Tom. Hey, I got a bit emotional as the first person out. Uh, at the at the Walker Dome on Saturday, I got a little bit emotional. Honest to God, I genuinely thought a little behind the scenes. If you came to see Thunderstruck at the Walker Dome, North Wrestling's biggest show ever, when when normally we walk out to Thunderstruck, I was backstage, little stairway, waiting up to it. I genuinely thought I was going to pass out, and I've never Aww. felt that before. My heart was going, and I, I and a chop was next to me, and uh, I said, I said, chop, feel that. You could hear feel my my heart going. Bloody hell, Bowers, come feel this! Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's a queue of people who want to feel my, my what could be my dodgy ticker as I'm about to walk out in front of 713 people. <laughs> like, cheers, guys, this is helping. <laughs> Off we, we go. Know how to, we know how to reduce your heart rate. Oh. Ooh, a queue of people want to touch oh, you. Oh, shit. Like, don't say that. I'll make it worse. As soon as you get out there. Bowers, grab his balls. <laughs> That's fine. Pass um, on the cough. <laughs> But it's one of them with anxiety and stuff like that. When it comes to a show like that, as soon as you get out there, it's fine. You're there then. I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> what a way to start it. the show. Tom's here and he's dead. <laughs> Just collapses. <laughs> Flip flops. Right. Just collapses. I was shaking at the knees. <laughs> Can you ring an ambulance, please? Ring an ambulance, please. <laughs> it was amazing. Do you know, it's, it sounds like quite a. Uh, Quite a cheesy thing to say, but the way I described it to people was a night like North. It felt like the night where the good guys won. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's the way of putting it, yeah. It felt like a night where the good guys won, because it is good people who work for North, who deserve great things, and everybody backstage was beaming. Like, there was so much love and energy and just passion and desire to, to smash every bit of the show Oh, my God. It was an honour, an absolute honour, and a joy to be a part of it. Thank you if you came out and supported us. Mm. I've been really tired this week because, I don't know, because of that. 
Because the heart attack, yeah. Yeah, the small matter of the heart attack. I've been, I haven't slept very well all summer. I'm averaging about four or five hours a night, if that. And I'm just exhausted all the time. Oh, bless you, man. And it's just, so I'm feeling like sat here today and I'm like, I'm, I've got a coffee and I'm with you. So that's the natural adrenaline I need. But I'm just knackered. Bless <laughs> you, man. I'm just knackered. I need like two weeks off. I feel like I need yeah. like a holiday. I need to go sit on a beach and do nothing for Well, this happens, what happens when you work very hard. Mm. But uh, any other day will be agreeing with you. But because I've had my days of going, walking around, like, like look like an Allen key like, that I I'm like no 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 today I'm feeling great yeah that's good that's good that's yeah good. I'm glad of it I'm like in the summertime do 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 everyone else is just like yeah bring that energy all the time you're doing the Daniel Benningfield you gotta get through this I've but don't worry Tom we this. can get through this but this isn't even the thing to get through this is me and my mate talking about wrestling from the past and you as well via the power of emails getting involved what? too. Classic at cultaholic.com. Wow. Thank you for your messages this week. Thanks, Boomers. Uh, Canaan in Baymanet, which I believe is in Alabama. Ooh. Hope this finds you both happy and well. Following along with the podcast leading up to last week's Vengeance Watch Along, I noticed that it was never clarified or determined that Stone Cold or The Rock could lose their respective titles via countout or disqualification. In the event they had been, they would have been they would have retained their title as WWF or World Champion, thus potentially resulting in a triple threat or fatal four-way match in the finals. Or a final with just one or no titles on the line. Just thought that was interesting. Ah, oh, I hadn't thought of that, about that. Um, that would have been a sensible thing for the champions, and it would have been a rubbish thing to see in the pay-per-view. Oh, no. But they built to it. It's probably why they didn't mention it, because at no point would they think that was going to happen. Mm. They, they hadn't booked it, which is probably why they didn't mention it. Uh, but thank you, uh, Kanan. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Batista Bomjaw, lads. That's good. Nice, that. If you could take any modern-day gimmick match... Elimination Chamber, Stadium Stampede, Punjabi Prison, Fight Pit, etc. Punjabi Prison. And fit it with early 2000s SmackDown wrestlers. Huh. Uh, what match would you pick and who would be in it? I'd quite like to see Angle Guerrero test Hardcore Holly and Jericho in an Iron Survivor match for a <laughs> shot at the WWF title. You glutton for punishment. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Ooh. Now, in terms of modern matches, so we've got the Elimination Chamber. Uh, as class as as, as a, a modern day match, yeah. um, I quite like the idea of an elimination chamber. Do you know what the Armageddon Hell in a Cell? Whilst that was fun as an Armageddon Hell in a Cell, maybe that as an elimination chamber would have been quite interesting proposition. Yeah. That's a good answer. I can't think of anything. Oh, uh, they're doing the Stadium Stampede. This would have been perfect. WWF versus the Alliance. No, <laughs> oh, God, no. Everyone. Crash Holly. I'm filing in a settle. My, I can't do it. Oh it. yeah, yeah, that's right. It's me and uh... oh, I imagine the APA. The only people he could pay to get like, so like a hardcore, like a hardcore title match. Stadium. Right, that's it. We've got the entire stadium. We've got half an hour. That's it. <laughs> I like that actually. I like that. Yeah, not even like a team versus team thing. Just like all right, here you go. All in at once. Off you go. Uh, also, Matthew called me daddy in our Twitter DMs, so I think we're boyfriends now. Sorry you had to find out this way, Tom. Cheers, Gus, a.k.a. Daddy Poobs from Twitter. Oh, his name... Ah, right. uh. <laughs> his name's Daddy. He was just polite. <laughs> love, a bit of, love a bit of parasocial activity, me. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Daddy. Cheers, Dada. So thank you for your emails. Classic at cultaholic.com if you'd like to send us yours. Should I do some wrestling news? 
Um, yes, please. We'll start with something. Uh, we'll start with something really sad, uh, and then we will lighten it with other things. But it's one that we do need to address this week. Uh, WWF developmental wrestler Russ Haas yes. uh, was found dead by his wife on the morning of fifth December the tw- uh, of December the fifteenth, which is just after this event that we're about to talk about. Uh, what is believed to be a heart attack. Autopsy results are pending. He hadn't gone back into the ring since recovering from a previous heart attack on September twenty fourth when coming back from Heartland Wrestling Association taping in Jeffersonville. Uh, the death is the first of an active wrestler on the WWF roster since Owen Hart's much-publicized death in 1999. It took place just hours before HWA's planned Christmas party event and three days before Hart was scheduled for a meeting with a second cardiologist about getting clearance from his first one so that he could return to wrestle. The WWF didn't wanna, wanted to remain cautious despite Hart's clean bill of health because of the high death rate of pro wrestlers under the age of 40. They were not allowing him back in the ring until a second doctor would clear him. In a press release, Jim Ross said, Ross Haas was one of our shining lights at HWA, and he was an even better human being. Our deepest sympathies go out to the Haas family. Russ will be truly missed by all who knew him. Yeah, Really rough news. Russ, of course, being the brother of Charlie. Yes. He most likely didn't know. Uh, saw some very early matches with him and uh, the two of them together like CCW and stuff like that before they got in the HWA. I think there's been some um, amings and errands the fact that Jim Ross's thing to them both when they were like, hey, what do we need to do to improve? And this is in get bigger, get bigger. As part of this, you know, drive about like, oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. all clean up there, are they? But then again, like I said, Charlie's been all right. So it might just be a natural thing. I am completely unqualified to talk about that. But like I said, Umings and Earnings, one of the wrestlers and shooting reviews through the years have certainly insinuated something there. But uh, like I said, what do they know? Uh, Just a horrible thing to happen. And yeah, I think Charlie would pay tribute to his brother for many, many years with uh, still armbands and things like that with his name on it. Armbands that would say Russ on there to mm. to 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 remember to remember uh, to remember Russ Hart, who passed away this week in two thousand and one. Now Charlie Haas would go on to find a tag team partner in many years to come. Uh, no one replaces uh, a brother and a tag partner in the way that Russ was. But of course, he would team with Shelton Benjamin. And Shelton Benjamin is in the news this week, along with Prototype. As the Ross Report says that they are planning to bring, WWF are planning to bring both Shelton and Prototype, a.k.a. John Senna, to house shows from January to evaluate them more closely. Different school of thought for both of these. For Shelton Benjamin, his ring work is exquisite, but his mic work is somewhat lacking. For John Cena, his mic work is fantastic. His in-ring work needs sorting. It is, all, all I thought about was, do you remember the game on the Amstrad head over heels? Jesus. Because uh... <laughs> I am oh, old. Please, please, go older. Older your references. <laughs> so head over heels was an Amstrad game where you had a dog and a cat at either side of this, of this uh, prison they were trapped in. You had to get them together because the dog was very slow but could jump really high. And the cat was really quick, but couldn't jump very high. So their powers combined meant they could escape the prison. But you had to get them together, first of all. And that was the first part mm. of the game. I don't know why I thought <laughs> of that I when I heard is. this. <laughs> there were three Vikings. One of them oh! could jump, one of them could defend. And none of them have anything to do with what we're talking about. Love Lost Vikings. 
January is looking like a good time for WWF in general. Uh, lots of ums and ahs about a brand split that will be occurring in January. Of course, yeah, uh, development stars coming up and the return of Triple H. He's set to be back on the house show loop from the 4th of January in Moncton, New Brunswick, where they make the bowling balls. Uh, he is scheduled for shows across that run in the in, on route to the Rumble. He will be working the B house show loop uh, competing against Chris Jericho. Oh, the, the B's. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> He'll be working with B1 and B2, which we found out last week are working each other. Um, mainly. <laughs> if, you were, if you know, you know. <laughs> So Triple H nearly back with us. If you are interested, the A shows are going to be Steve Austin versus Kurt Angle headlined. There you go. Fun fact. It sounds like shit. What do you make of this, Matthew Gregory? From the Wrestling Observer, Comedy Central looks to be adding some form of a wrestling show. Ooh. They have purchased the entire AWA tape collection from Vern Garnier. Wait, Comedy Central? Comedy Central. Right. Although exactly what they're going to do with the tapes hasn't been decided. Watch anything from 91. <laughs> Just loop the Team Challenge series oh. with the Mystery Science Theatre silhouettes. Yeah. I'm Sergeant Is Slaughter. that not what we do? Yeah. Oh, wait. Shit. Don't get my ideas. Shit. <laughs> to see how long Sergeant Slaughter's wig will land. <laughs> Seen that thing, that rug that he had on. Bless him. Yeah, Rolling yeah. back the years with Sarge. You're the ring. You're Resident Evil. <laughs> Sarge is trying his best to roll back the years on that one. Do you want some XWF bollocks math? You know I do. Do you want some WWA bollocks math? You know I do. Get ready for the interpromotional war that you never saw, right? So, WWA, led by Andrew McManus, are going to run their first live pay-per-view in America, Ooh. February 24th at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. All optics and all wrestling reporters have gone, what the fuck are you doing? Wrestling is dead in America. This is a silly idea. However, this has stirred up some discussions in the in the in the quagmire and the doldrums of the XWF who are now thinking WWA are going to make a play for America so we are about to see according to reports this week a major bidding war <laughs> between WWA and XWF for Sting Kevin Nash and Marcus Bagwell <laughs> all three are getting offers from both to be exclusive oh it's just, I love, I love the idea of XWF and WWA feuding. Yeah, I'll give you nothing. Hey, fuck that. I'll give you double nothing. <laughs> I'll give you double nothing, but you might see Hulk Hogan. Mm. So, from The Observer, a funny story about the... That already was, Dave. <laughs> it really was a very funny story. But here's another funny story about the WWA tour, specifically around Juventud Guerrero. Oh, no. Now, Hoovy is the WWA Cruiserweight Champion, but they haven't made a belt for him. In fact, it is a belt that Juventud Guerrero won working for Big Time Wrestling in Northern California that was run by Kirk White. White is friends with several of the people on the tour, and he said, look, I want my belt back. Like, you can't... That's, that's our company belt. And who, basically, WWE and Hoovy have been pretending it's the WWE Cruiserweight title so they don't have to make another belt. 
And oh, Gu- wow. Guerrera is 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 very paranoid that somebody who works for Kirk White is going to try and steal the belt from him. So he's, he apparently has been sleeping holding the belt. <laughs> so no one sneaks in at night and takes it off him. Like little John and Robin Hood. <laughs> Guerrero wanted the belt to make him look important wearing it on the Arena Mexico pay-per-view. And even though Psychosis is the champ and appeared on the show, Guerrero did wear it on the pay-per-view. <laughs> I love wrestling. It's such that's bollocks. A, I hope that's true. It's such bollocks. It's so good. Uh, other news from the XWF. Uh, they're running their second round of house shows. They're doing uh, Toledo and Battle Creek uh, in January. Rick Steiner is set to debut. Oh, good. It's going to be exciting. However, Bobby Heenan has cancelled all his bookings uh, for the foreseeable house show circuit where he was set to manage Kurt Hennig. Looks as if Bobby Heenan's already just oh, gone, fuck this. The WA have put in a hot bit of a warm meal. <laughs> and the big time championship... <laughs> Do be the world champion? Well, whatever you want, Bobby. Whatever, whatever, you, want. You, want to, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Kurt Hennig is set to main event these shows, along with Vampiro and Buff Bagwell. Ooh. We'll see. I have a funny feeling that Kurt Hennig may get called elsewhere. We'll see. The oh, ro- poppycock, Tom. Poppycock. Poppy and or cock. The Rock, cock. The Rock is being called elsewhere. He's been called back to Hollywood. They need to reshoot scenes from the Scorpion King. Now... I don't know whether this has anything to do with it, but uh, there have been some very negative reviews. So that is probably that could have possibly prompted some reshoots of certain scenes. Oh, okay. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan co-stars with The Rock in The yeah. Scorpion King, and he was backstage at Raw last week. Ooh. He told WWF.com that he wants to do something at WrestleMania with The Rock, and it's likely that we'll see Michael Clark Duncan quite a bit on the road to WrestleMania. More like Michael Mark Duncan, am I right? It was at Wrestle, was it WrestleMania 16, where he was at the front trying to start a fight with Triple H? Yeah, well yeah. done, mate. Well done. CZW ran a show at the old ECW Arena on Saturday. Oh, mine and Lennon's favourite. Go on. <laughs> they, they drew 1,400 people. Uh, Mark oh, and, it's Cage of Death, isn't it? Yes. Yay. Mark and Jay Briscoe competed on this show. However, Mark oh, and Jay Briscoe at this point are old enough to compete on a show. It's Pooh Housery's amazing. In Pennsylvania. That's right, yep. So they have a great plan to get around that. They make them wrestle wearing masks. I still can't believe this. That's all it took. Big to fucking brain energy. Yeah. And everyone, everyone knew it was them. And they had the masks. They were Midnight Outlaws. And they both had masks on. It was blatantly them. And then one time, just to clarify, they had another team that vaguely set, like, looked like them when they were old enough, came out with the masks on. And Briscoes were like, hey, and battered them. And the company was like, well, it clearly wasn't them this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why? Oh, it was great. The big brain energy from CZ. Hey, work. Don't knock it. Mm. <laughs> So we're going to cross over to Matthew for SmackDown uh, results from this particular week. I can tell you that Shawn Michaels was at WWF New York for this episode of SmackDown. He'd had a meeting with JR and Vince McMahon earlier in the day, and they are keen to bring him back in. Uh Uh, Apparently the crowd were very into Shawn Michaels because they love him there. He said he had nothing to do with wrestling at this point and said if anyone wanted to see him back, they needed to talk to the guys in Stamford. (laughs) 
Uh, fans took this as a positive statement on a possible Shawn Michaels return. <laughs> of course they did. Let's keep an eye on that one. Over to Matthew <laughs> Gregg now. That is the wrestling news that is the news. Over to Matthew Gregg to talk us through this week's episode. Um, it's like that new Shawn Michaels just had that. like, hey, you come back to wrestling? No, I just fancy coming to New York for the, the pasta. I love a bit of Jimmy Hart pasta. That's where you name it now, the XWF's in town. <laughs> oh, yeah. They can't call it. They, they, just, they haven't changed the menus. <laughs> They've just sellotaped over the word Jimmy Hart in a, a black sharp. They've just written Crash Holly. <laughs> Crash Holly pasta. <laughs> Available 24-7 because nobody's eating it. This is another Satellite Feed episode. Yay! Yeah, I'm glad it was. Yeah. We're in the Bakersfield CA area, the Centen- Centennial? Cent- what the hell word is that? Uh, Garden Arena. Uh, it was recorded December 11th, 01. In a dark match, Spike Dudley pinned Rico Constantino with the Dudley dog, and we get what looks to be the entire match, with Rico missing a spin kick, falling over on his ass before Spike going, fuck it, Dudley dog. <laughs> <laughs> Rough one for Rico. Bear in mind that Rico's the one that is ready. Not here, he wasn't. Out of everybody on that roster, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, Randy Orton, John Cena, Dave Batista, Rico's the one that's ready. I blame that untrained, unsafe Spike Dudley. Me too. Sunday Night Heat gives us Chuck Palumbo pitting the big show in 3 minutes 30 after Billy Gunn interfered and hit the famous when the referee wasn't looking. Big win for Chuck. I was going to say, they're not gay yet, but they'll learn. <laughs> uh, Trish Stratus. Gay for winning over big show, am I right? Women's champion uh, Trish Stratus pitting, Jay, sorry, pitting Jackie with a bulldog. 2 minutes 44. Yeah. Nothing much here. Perry Sutton defeated Funaki via submission with the Rings of Sutton. 5 minutes 24. Perry has his beard back. And it's amazing Funaki lasted as long as he did, post-Taka, to be honest with you, because he's like, all right, where's the rest of you? <laughs> uh, then the main event, the Big Show... Tired tie have just shrunk down, haven't they? Yes. Merged <laughs> together like Piccolo. <laughs> the Big Show pinned Billy Gunn with the choke slam at 3 minutes 13, despite interference from Chuck Palumbo. Big Show's got to get that heat back. He needs it to grill his burgers. <laughs> Uh, they start changing the ring apron from Sunday Heat to SmackDown as Billy and Chuck are still in the ring and they complain, like, hey, what's the disrespect here? <laughs> Tony Chill promotes the 2002 Divas calendar. Lillian sings the anthem and Cole makes his entrance to My Way by Limp Biscuit. Christ. Tyrell Lawler is here and says it's great to be back here in Bakersfield, etc. because USA is awesome. Fuck the terrorists. Oh, go. Lawler and Cole get mad at Chimmel before the show even starts as they mock him for forgetting Tristratus' name earlier. What? I went and checked and he didn't, but I enjoy hearing Cole and Lawler mock Chimmel, so it's okay. <laughs> is it because he went, ah, uh, Trish, uh, Stratus. Yeah. The uh, women's uh, calendar, uh, <laughs> 2002. Uh, women's... <laughs> Women's. You have a woman's champions. <laughs> women's. <laughs> Sorry, you have a woman's championship, women's. <laughs> On Raw, Jericho allows Ric Flair the honour of giving him both sets of titles to be the first ever undisputed champion ever, ever, ever. Flair says, I'm absolutely proud to because Jericho will be defending those titles against Steve Austin tonight in a steel cage match. <laughs> Flair manages to yell every single line in this segment, which looked a bit awkward, to be honest with you. Backstage, Flair sees Booker T. Vince says it's okay. Booker is Vince's personal guest tonight. 
Vince has police dogs with him, presumably because he saw the cage earlier, wanted to redo Kennel from Hell. I thought Kennel from Hell. <laughs> oh, thank you. It wasn't just me. Austin batters Jericho in the main event until he's bleeding. The cage nearly breaks the amount of times Jericho is thrown into it and Austin kicks his face into it. However, Booker slams the cage into Austin's escaping face as an extremely bloody Jericho is triumphant. Yes, this did wonders for Jericho as undisputed champ. <laughs> Witty, witty, woo, witty, woo. Tonight's main event, The Rock and Rob Van Dam take on Jericho and The Undertaker tonight. But first, here's Kurt Angle. Hooray! On Monday Night Raw, Rikishi with hat. Stink-faced Angle. <laughs> but Kurt chair-shotted him while Rikishi danced in front of him afterwards. I mean, you had it coming, Rikishi. Jesus, not exactly hard to miss. It. Uh, Regal is here to team up with Kurt. I hope he doesn't see Rikishi's ass and get PTSD. And this is the match, which I've seen shared many times by people like Alan Cheapshot online. Regal is frisked multiple times by the referee coming in, the brass knucks that he's been using so sneakily lately. He's checked, checked again, checked again. And then Regal looks annoyed, going, why would you think of this? Uh, as Lola compares it to taking an international flight, you're not wrong. Uh, once the referee checks him and clears him, Regal then goes to Angle's corner and Kurt hands him his knucks. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? Such a good So good. Uh, Rikishi, the big lad with the big buns, and I'll put here, that's what Cole calls him. Note to future Matthew. No, he really does call him that. Um, teams up with the sinister surge himself, Ed. <laughs> Kishi batters Angle because he's mad about the attack that he only has himself to blame. But Regal distracts so Angle can clothesline King Kong Bummy so hard he does the Ginetti cell. <laughs> Edge tags in and pins Regal very quickly. Wait, what? Oh, okay. It's yeah. It's like that. Basically, yeah. He, he avoids an angle slam, pushes angle into Regal, and spears yeah. Regal. That's a, it, Regal didn't get a chance to use his knucks. That's not fair. Uh, Rikishi tries to bum Kurt. Not like that. <laughs> but Regal stops him and... Very sophisticated podcast. Very sophisticated podcast. Re, Rikishi tries to bum Kurt. Not like that. But Regal stops him and the brass knucks. Angle... Oh, I did the dot, dot, dot to be dramatic. He brass knocks Angle because Rikishi ducked, leaving Regal open to take a super kick and then get stick-faced. No, it's like Vietnam. Regal then brass knocks Rikishi, sadly not in the arse, though that would have been a funny image, and Edge is so mad at winning so hard that he gives Regal an execution on the chair and busts him open in either the mouth or the nose or both. I don't know if it was real or not, but Regal was bleeding like an anime main character talking to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> wild and crazy opener with a crazy and wild post-match. What did you think, Tom? Now, uh, I, I really loved it when I opened the show. It was it was as this match was going on that it, I realised, because the WWE Network has been updated. Have you seen this? No. So, new version of the Network is now live. Ooh. And I thought, my first annoyance was, it's a nightmare trying to find any episodes of the old Smackdown, because oh. it's not very intuitive. And then, it's at this point, as I'm looking for stuff, I realise... They've they've completely scrapped all the moment thumbnails. What do you have instead? Nothing. You just got to scrub along the. For fuck's sake! Why would you get rid of that? I don't know. However, it, they have added in uh, a watch at times two and times three speed. Yay! So that's quite useful. <laughs> Should you you know I don't know record seven classic reviews in a week <laughs> as well as watch all the main products and need to get everything done quite quick and quite thoroughly that's a way to do it like edge with this match here. like edge with oh. this match i thought this was a pacey match to the point where i went wow this fast forward really quick end up going to watch it at regular speed and went oh no it was just a quick match mm -hmm. get it done and get it done uh regal is uh is, is off to have surgery i do believe on his nose 
it makes sense because you've been bleeding from it every bleed time. I mm. actually, I, it may have, most of the things I didn't go back and check, but it may have been bust open by Rikishi's ass. <laughs> but he's, um, but I don't think we'll see him now until January. Right. He's going to take some time off. He's going to uh, rehab from surgery and go back to the UK for a little bit. A little oh, yay. Good. So, so I can keep up appearances. I thought it was a fun opening match with four Aww. very talented people. I agree. <laughs> in the satellite feed between uh, the little breaks there, um, the first time listening about this, in the satellite feed, uh, you know, this is an edited episode of SmackDown because it's sh- recorded a few days later on and then gets cut up, whatever. Yeah, so I'm watching so, the network version and Matthew is watching the satellite feed version. Yeah, so there's little breaks here where this, you can see the commentators talking in front of a fuzzy screen. Uh, Laura and Cole go, yeah, at Regal's nose and all the blood coming out of it. And then laugh at the idea of the line that they have to say later on of the, the dogs that Vince McMahon has especially trained to hunt rattlesnakes. <laughs> Even they're like, oof. <laughs> that line's are rough. And then sure enough, backstage, Vincent Booker and the police dogs are there to look out for Steve Austin. Vince encourages the dogs to eat Austin because they are especially trained to hunt rattlesnakes. <laughs> Regal is being seen by medical people and bleeds a lot while yelling, bloody hell. It's like Carrie. Or oh, Moxie on Dynamite. Or oh, Carrie. Uh, yes, uh, I think some of this was faked up because uh, they don't like try and edit it or look away from it. It is quite ridiculous amount of blood coming out of them. But it is common with what has been happening with Regal recently. Yes. Just bleeding at any bloody reason why. Uh, Flair makes peace with Booker and Vince and the attack dogs and talks to them while wearing the oldest granddad sweater look you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. I never thought I'd say this, but bring back his dodgy black leather look. Yeah, he looked like, he did look like a granddad here, didn't yeah. Rick Flair? Flair takes them to a private suite and Vince has the dogs check behind the door, but Flair insists that everything is okay, so him and Booker chill and relax. This segment was reshot. Uh, in the satellite feed. Um, I don't know why, because they look pretty similar. But in the one that's shown on TV, Booker and Vince uh, wave the crowd like queens. <laughs> I mean kings, sorry. Sorry, queen's dead. Uh, just a bit sec- There's a lot of these segments coming up. So that's so the only real difference is that they wave to the crowd. And yeah, that, that was the thing that they didn't end with that. And I went, hang, why have they shot this? <laughs> well, whatever. Uh, backstage, Test bothers Lita because Test is Teflon and can hit on anybody without getting fired because it's 0-1, baby. Oh, I mean, also he's won immunity. <laughs> Lita declines the offer and he instantly gets mad at the teasing Lita is doing with her thong out. Test offers... Uh, for Lita to hit him, but Jeff Hardy shows up and Tess calls him Lance Romance and offers to beat him up in front of his girlfriend. Lance Romance is a name I'm sad that they didn't use for Tess going forward. Whoa, whoa, his whole whoa. gimmick is he just chats people up. Oh, Lance Romance. <laughs> you girly friend. Ooh, you big gay. <laughs> <laughs> Lol, imagine hitting on women. I like the bit in this where Test, as he's walking up behind Lita, he does the classic, I'm just going to take my breath, <gasps> breathes into his hand and breathes it in. Can you, does that work for you? That has Cause... never been successful for me. Yeah, I smell lovely. See, I'm doing that, but I know I've got coffee breath, but I can't yeah. smell the coffee right. breath. But we all see it, we all know it. I wish they could have done an extra long bit of this where you see Tess go, like gag. <laughs> Go off stage, go off to the side, come back on with some chewing gum. <laughs> Link, Lynx Africa directly yeah. in the back of his throat. Oh, I bet Tess does smell like Lynx Africa and oh, an orbit. Even better, he's going, well, test and better test. <laughs> 
test pass the test. He does give us the great test chat up line, which is once you go test, you forget to boot the rest. Which <laughs> rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It, do, it certainly does. Bless him. But anyway, Lita said no, and she's apparently had teas. Test is a piece of shit. She went, tease, tease, this is a tease. <laughs> You're a tease. <teased>. Yeah. <laughs> You're a tease. Te- <laughs> oh, boo. Ah, boo. Oh, if only I yeah. had someone that could help me chat up this woman. I love you, Tess. <laughs> I love gay tits out. Oh, no, it's Fuckles the monkey. <laughs> so it's me, Fuckles. Not, not Cuddles. I'm Fuckles. Sorry for getting sued. I had several messages this week from people in my DMs oh, <laughs> on God. the Twitter timeline and at least one of the, one private message on Facebook from people saying, thanks, I was at work listening to The Vengeance <laughs> watch along oh, God, and you two going off on Cuddles the Monkey <laughs> made me look like a fucking idiot at work. We had to do something. No, I mean, sorry, like... you bastards. <laughs> you know, usually it's like, yeah, we kind of avoided the rest in that time, but it was Vengeance 01. Do we have Peter's to it? <laughs> So thank you. Yes, I got a few messages going. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Who knew Fuckles the Monkey would be such a... <laughs> a highlight of a shitty dog poo pay-per-view. I think it's just because it's just... I love f- the bit where the monkey showed up and then... <laughs> also, Jericho won both titles. <laughs> Jericho, we got the first ever undisputed champion ever, but I mainly liked it when the monkey came up and just kept shouting, get your cock out. <laughs> They're not sophisticated characters, see, are they? The joke is. <laughs> What's the joke, Dennis? <laughs> like that, don't you don't know? It just kind of happened. Can I cut your heels off? I think Stephen Scoders says, yes, I, I do watch the things he, as I watch along. And I was just like, well, I'm sorry you put more effort into it than you should have. <laughs> you really should. Hang on, hang on, Tom and Matthew, I'm a bit lost. Where, where's the bit where the homicidal monkey comes in? I think I'm, I'm up to the cane, <laughs> the cane match. Where's he? If if somebody can, if someone's going to a wrestling show in the next week or so, and they want to take a picture of Cuddles the monkey from Orville with the line "Get your cock out." Yeah, yeah, that'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> then you have you have uh, immunity from this podcast. Rampage starts off with a close up of a dodgy looking monkey and Jim Ross going, "It's Friday night, and you know what the fuck is that?" <laughs> You know what that is? Get your cock out, Jim. Get your cock out, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> if a cuddles the monkey turns up on yeah. a on a on a on a <laughs> show, I will. I will oh my god! Anyway, um, diplomatic immunity for a month. Speaking of bollocks, in the feed, Lola comments that the fans they hear sound like airplane engines. There's been a bit of a dodgy noise in the background of this one. Did you pay attention to that? Or I assumed it was like the 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 arena, and it was like an echoing off the arena because I it would have been so, mic'd yeah. up. So therefore, the, the the sound would have bounced around quite a bit. It's happened a few times at some shows when the mics aren't quite in the right yeah. place. You know, when um, Sonic and Knuckles, the second level kicks in and it's that thing. Yeah. That, that noise. Where with flying battery. Flying, yeah, a flying batteries circling the arena. When the flying battery turns up in Mushroom Hill. Then the... Book of Vince Bick gets refilmed and redone. Oh, and Redman and Method Man are appearing on... Um, UPN's holiday house party. Lola, of course, knows who they are. 
So he says, wow, wow, cool. Can you believe it? Redmond and Method Man are appearing in UPN Dolly Dells. And he completely bungles it. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> and then Calder goes, that's right. 8 p.m. Eastern. And Calder's like, come on, no, 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 stop, stop. I've completely messed this up. Oh, so this is a prereq. Yeah, yeah. He's having to get the pre-recording stuff out of the way, but then he just, Lawless <laughs> goes, ah, oh, I've messed it up. I admire it when you got that one person who's like, now we're going to push through. We're gonna get it done. Yeah, Cole's like, wow, yeah, that's right. He's like, no, 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 no Cole, stop. <laughs> And this gives us Tajiri versus Crash following for the Cruiserweight title. Ooh, nice pop for Crash. Uh, beating Jackie really helped his career then. Really did. Lola whoops over Tori and her puppies. Vince and Booker are shown watching from the skybox and presumably are also enjoying the puppies too. <laughs> By the way, Vince and Booker is how uh, in this skybox is probably the thing away from the disgusting, uh, horrible people of Walker. That's how me and the Cole High people enjoyed North. <laughs> Did you have did you have Steve Austin's food accidentally turn up for you? Uh, more on that later on. <laughs> yeah. Absolute Crash puts out a tilt a whirl. He always enjoyed wrestling people he could do actual moves to. Uh, Lola has asked what he makes of Tory, and uh, he says, "Well, I can make a skirt, I can make a dress, you get etc." Well, Jerry's borrowing from airplane. Uh, Tajiri locks in the tarantula. That sounds like something Cuddles would say. <laughs> what do you make of Tory? I can make a skirt out of her. Yeah. Pull up a skirt. I know it, it was a bit yeah. Lola saw the reference and was like, it doesn't have to make sense. Uh, crash lands on Frankensteiner, but Dejiri loops out of it like a snake. Uh, that's the only best way I could use to describe that. And lands his own Frankensteiner for the pin. Crash is upset about losing. It's written over his face. And attacks Dejiri before Lawlering Tory, I've put here. <laughs> uh, the lights go out, and the hurricane is here to save the day by jumping off the top rope and crossbodying Crash. I need a hero. Brilliant. Tory smiles, and Vince says, what's up with that? To no reaction. Sound like Elon Musk was on stage with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I thought this was a fun match. Yeah. I thought I enjoyed these two in the Cruiserweight division. I loved the re-debut of the Hurricane. Yep. Because, you know, you don't need much more than that. He's a superhero. Have him turn up and save the day on multiple occasions. Do yeah. that for a couple of weeks. Great. Yeah. Brilliant. Alola was just like, I think he half got the joke, but he forgot some of the, the names. So he was just like, oh, now Hurricane can go back to being his secret identity. Who was that anyway, Cole? And there was no reaction. It's like, going back to being his secret identity, like, that's not how you speak. That isn't how a human being would speak. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Lance Storm shows up backstage, but Flair doesn't want to see him ever again. Lance is mad that Hurricane is re-signed. It's like, I used to team up with him. Come on, if you can sign him, you can sign me. Flair says, all right, one last chance. And if he loses, he has to go away forever. Flair's reasoning was fantastic because Lance Storm was like, you hired him back. We used to be tag partners. And Flair was like, can't you see? We're really short on superheroes in the WWF. <laughs> to which Lance went, oh, yeah, fair point. Well, yeah, well, I can't argue with that point. Flair greatly overreacted here, to say the least. Like, you think Lance had been bugging Rick for years the way he was yelling at him. It, it was so funny. Like, he acted like he was a piece of shit on his like, shoe. He's like, no, no, hi, hi, it's me, Lance Tom. What are you doing here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Rick has what two sentences at this point, dull and on fire. <laughs> he's in a weird place, his Flair. He does talk about, in his autobiography, to be the man. He says, like, whilst it was great to be back in the WWF, it was a real crisis of confidence that he had all the way up until WrestleMania 18. Uh, And on top of that, you've got uh, Vince and Bruce who were kind of saying, don't be, like, too wild out there. Be a bit more measured as Flair. So he's just trying to, whilst he's struggling with his own self-worth, and self-esteem, he's trying to find the sides in being like an authority Ric Flair. It doesn't work. It's like asking you not to yell. Exactly. It's a nightmare. The, the amount of times I was told to pair back on radio, and, and I always got annoyed because I'd be told like to do less, and I'd do less, and I'd have a horrible time doing less. They go, yeah. that's perfect. Oh. I had a horrible time. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. It's like asking me to be articulate. You're uh, well articulate, mate. I love that game. Um, and the satellite feed, Cole and Lola watch Hurricane's Titantron. And Lola's, it, you know, uh, Hurricane's Titantron, he's, he's very cheesily flying around. Lola says, look at Hurricane flying past the Statue of Liberty. Watch out, he's going to go into the World Trade Center. And Cole says, that ain't right. No. In December 01. Shit, lads. Oh, bloody hell. What is he, Gilbert Gottfried? Jesus. Uh, when we come back, Vince has food delivered to him. Vince, uh, it's like, why well, I didn't order any food. This is like the worst sitcom. Food. <laughs> Everyone's. Like, I didn't order any food. What's like- on the list? <laughs> uh, a dirty oh. big burger that you know poor people eat. What? Some double fried French fries. <laughs> Some I don't know fucking a, gr- a, gr- a grenade. <laughs> Like, some rocks. <laughs> bit of shit. Just bit of pish just to get the crowd going. Ooh, we get it. But it was just like, hey. I don't know. I, <laughs> I like your version better. A burger that poor people would eat. Surprise. I don't know. Fucking grenade. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> some rocks. Dirt, bits of glass. <laughs> this is poor people. All right, Jesus fucking Christ. We didn't order this. We're Vince McMahon and friend Booker T. Also, police dog that eats snakes. Uh, <laughs> if we didn't order food, if then we didn't order the food. and the dog didn't order food, who was phone? <laughs> I was phone. They marked a long list of low-class food and realised. <laughs> 
Austin's? What, Booker T? This is Steve Austin's food. He loves grenade and some rocks. Booker decides to eat Austin's food, deciding on the gun first. Uh... (laughs) First of all, it doesn't make any sense. So someone's incorrectly ordered food and they're going, it's Steve Austin's food that he's ordered this sweet that isn't his. <laughs> what? It feels like this was a skit that was written by AI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, wait till later on. Wait till later on. Cut to Booker T with seven fingers eating gravel. <laughs> Grenade enjoying noises. <laughs> Meanwhile, Teflon Test walks the ring. Thankful not be involved in the uh, previous segment. I've called him Teflon Test in my notes, too. Good. Well, that's what Michael Cole calls him. We're watching SmackDown. We're wa- it's, like, it's like we're paying attention. <laughs> Raw replay. <laughs> Look, Matthew, I called him Test. Well done. Look, Matthew <laughs> says Jeff. <laughs> Raw replay shows The Rock spinebustering and interfering Test during a tag title match. <laughs> which was the Dudley boys defending their tag titles against The Rock and Trish Stratus, which leads to Dudley's 3Ding Trish, and then Test batters Rock afterwards because he's Teflon. Cole then says with a straight face, Test cost Rock and Trish the tag titles. (laughs) You gimp. Just the words coming out of your mouth. Cole points out that the referee is El Hebner, who Test batted last week, so watch out. (laughs) Jeff Hardy is accompanied by Lita. Lola accuses women of causing more problems than they end. Oh, also, Matt Hardy dumped Lita on Raw. He's on the bus, Gus, says Lola. Can someone check on him? On the bus? Lola is, not Gus. Hardy takes it to Tethers to start before running off the guardrail and into a pan clothesline. Lola yells about Lita being a tease with her guppies hanging out, which is Lola's term for puppies and nets. Oh, guppies. It sounds racist. I don't know. Uh, Jeff, chin breakers. Chin breakers? Yeah, broke his chin. Jaw breaker. Test. I've put chin here. I guess they're both connected. Chin, chin, both connected to the job. Huh? Jeff hits him in a skeleton and makes a hot twink comeback. <laughs> Leader lands a Frankensteiner as Lola says, See, she's the tease. She's wrapping her legs around his head. Test pushes Earl into the ropes to cause Jeff to fall off the top rope to draw the DQ, so Test naturally big boots Earl again. <laughs> this causes the rock, the rock bottom Test to a huge reaction as Cole yells about, let's see Test act like the big man on campus of a guy like the rock. <laughs> big man on campus? Test was too busy playing Max Payne, which came out this week for Xbox, to be out on campus. Um, I thought the match was all right. It served its purpose. Lawler was uh, distractingly annoying. Mm. Yeah. I like te- I like the rock coming in and electrifying it. Very brief. Wasn't loads of rock flavored stuff on the network version at least? Well, like the burgers that they've ordered. <laughs> this isn't my dinner. Um, no, because we had test attack uh, get attacked by the rock, and then the rock came out for the main event. No promo. No, no, uh, no interview backstage with the rock. Just. Just two very straight wrestling appearances yep. by The Rock, which is always very rare. I think it's just because he there were so many weeks in a row where The Rock would have a lengthy Rock promo during the show that when they're not there, you are, it's obvious they're not there. It sticks out. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but this episode goes along on satellite feeds, about three hours long. Mm. It's like they trim out a lot of stuff. And obviously you need to put all the essential stuff in this episode. Like Vince watches... Uh, the lovely match that we just had. But then it's startled because one of the staff has managed to set the burger on fire. <laughs> Vince excuses him and then use one of Austin's beers to put out the fire. Booker and Vince then decide to eat the fries instead. 
So the food is being brought on one of those little trolleys. Mm. There's probably a technical term for them, but I'll, I'll call them hotel trolleys, room service trolleys, whatever. And it's food that's being cooked. Mm-hmm. It's ready to eat. I don't know if people know the concept of a burger. Otherwise, I feel the need to say that. But I think Vincent Man of all the segment hasn't seen one before. So as they're watching this, the, the burger sets on fire. Like someone protesting Tibetan independence. <laughs> The burger kills itself rather than be involved in the segment. I think it was a candle that was next to the burger. It, was a it went out like a burger in the wind. <laughs> and it seems to me you lived your life like a burger in the wind. But it's full on fire. How can a candle set a burger on fire? Doesn't even make any sense. Are they even flammable? They're grilled. They're designed to be grilled. They're fucking flammable. <laughs> King of the Hill will be... <laughs> Well, last of 10 minutes. It doesn't make any fucking sense. So the burger set itself on fire. And then they're like, all right, well, that happened. Let's eat the fries. And it does, like, lead up to something. But anyway. <laughs> just, just wait. But see what the problem is, Your Honor? And that's it. In the satellite feed, Cole thinks he said something wrong during the match. Uh, but he can't figure it out. So he asked JR. He can't figure out either. Um, so we just go to Xbox Slam of the Week presents Max Payne and Matt Hardy splitting from Lita. Bow, Xbox. <laughs> Thank you. Surely that segment would have made more sense before the Jeff versus Test match, uh, referring to the Matt Hardy split. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't matter. Because Matt has shown I just thought, if, if Jeff Hardy and Test had, had been a cage match, would it have been a Test match special? I've still got it. It never left me. <laughs> Matt has shown playing cards at the APA. It's his first date as a single man. Yes, so obviously he's hanging out with the lads. And yeah, he looks like he fits in, like Owen Hart and the Nation. Matt Hardy's here to do the guy thing. Farouk asks about the Frankensteiner and says, I'm just saying that if I had a woman like Lita, I would ask her to do that move to him at home every day because <laughs> Farouk would love that move. He says, sorry, sorry. But... Uh, <laughs> But Matt, where'd you get those thongs from? And that's the segment. Lost its meaning when Lola said the exact same thing earlier about the Frankensteiner. Did they just not know or just go, oh, right. Oh. I imagine the freak wasn't listening. Oh, to I didn't. Yeah, well, well, why would you? <laughs> so I'm just messing. I'm just messing. More on this to come. Uh, the firemen come to see the flaming burger. <laughs> so, so in Vince's skybox, several, like five or six fully kitted out firemen burst in, to which Vince is like, oh, you're here now. Yeah. But I put the fire out with a beer earlier. It's fine. Vince says firemen know better than cops. <laughs> and that ain't true, because Austin would never dress up as a cop. But he's here as a fireman. And the master of disguise chases Booker T in full fireman gear <laughs> down the steps into ringside <laughs> arena. 16 million quid this cost. Uh, Booker T legs it, running from Fireman Austin like he's Norman Price. <laughs> I, I did this and in- it's the week that Fireman There we go. Are we sure that it was Thomas the Tank that bought it? Yeah. Wasn't the WWF? Booker drives away in a limo because Thomas was busy as Vince does his <laughs> gosh darn it dance. So think about it. Think about it. They booked in a special skybox. Yeah. You know what? You're paying and attention to this? Food is sent. Get your pen but out. But it's Austin's food. Because all the food that Austin likes. And then a waiter accidentally 
spill something on the burger, spills a candle on the burger. Gasoline on the burger. (laughs) To which they have to call the firemen in. And one of the firemen is Steve Austin. It was a setup all along. Triple H is back soon, baby. This is a Triple H special. An overcomplicated, uh, overly overconsidered bit of wrestling bollocks. This is Austin's. I've got it. I'm going to send some food in. I'm going to wait to set some of it on fire so I can come in dressed as a fireman for 12 seconds and then take the outfit off and beat him off. Who says creative is struggling at the moment? This wasn't a wrestling segment. This was a solution to a point-and-click game. (laughs) Obviously, to get in the box and kill Booker, you have to set the burger on fire. And dress up as a fireman. It's, I'm looking forward to next hey. week on SmackDown. In order to get to Vince McMahon, you have to win the beauty contest in the future. But in order oh, to do that, God. you have to get that. You have to get the man who invented the American flag to make a tentacle to stitch a tentacle costume that you can then wear. You have to <laughs> get a mannequin with makeup and a wig. And the I lost interest the in the tentacle when I had to, the solution to get. The teeth from the horse was to give it a big, complicated book so that it sends the horse to sleep. So it takes its teeth. I went, you fucking... I think there's this far weirder situation. I don't know why that stuck out to me because... Oh, I know why. Because I was doing the thing where I'm stuck. Let's use every item on the horse. And it was the big book. I went... Oh, okay. The science book is boring. You know what else is boring? This fucking game. Actually, I say that. I I enjoyed it. I loved it. I completed it like three times. I Love like the, uh, the, the updated time. version they did a while ago where obviously in the original version you need to go back to the, the toilet place to switch characters. Now you just click a button and you can get that fucking done in yeah. like <laughs> probably less than an hour if you know what you're doing. Blast through it if you know the order. Yeah. You might speed run it at one point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, point and click. Mm. In the satellite feed, Cole remarks, Austin will never catch Booker before Austin gets the truck and drives off chasing him. Lean Cole to say, well, we're wiping that then. Uh, I had no idea what we're doing in that segment. So I just said, well, he's driving off. We'll never get to him. And then Austin gets in his car like, oh, oh, right, he's chased him. And he said, I apologize to you. I was like, I am, I'm really sorry. Like, yeah, we'll, have to, we'll redo that later on then. Because <laughs> uh, he's like, obviously he wasn't told what was happening. So it must be a last minute rewrite. Well, Jerry Lawler famously never wants to know what's happening on the shows. He very rarely has notes. Or like notes of like wins and loses. And it's alright. He's points. been he's been doing the same jokes for fifty years. So yeah, it's, all right. it's fine. He's, he's like Bob Monkhouse. He brings his joke book yeah. with him. Uh, Cole asks Lawler if he heard the Pat Patterson karaoke CD they were playing backstage the whole day. <laughs> the hell is that? Is it a karaoke CD? Uh, Cole tells Lawler, "Oh, did you hear about Al Snow?" And he goes, "What?" He says, "Al Snow came up to a car that he thought was being driven by Taz." Al Snow honked his horn and chased him for one hundred and twenty miles until he came up next to him and saw that it wasn't Taz. Oh. <laughs> What? It was a it was a woman driving back from the supermarket with a butternut squash in the passenger seat. <laughs> I love you, Taz. Shocking. And here's Lance Storm. Even though the Dudley's match is next on the network, what did you have next? Lance Storm. Oh. I must have been watching an outdated version. No, nah, I've done, done this after the Landstorm match. We get the, we get the Landstorm. I had Landstorm. I wondered, the, I think the version I watched was uh, 
had like it seemed like hang on, there's some stuff missing here. Okay, well that's good then. Mine goes Landstorm. It goes um, APA Matt Hardy segment. Oh, okay. Again. So it's left. All right, right, Undertaker, cool. this is my yard. Fanatic series advert. Then Dudley's in question. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. Scotty Allen and Taz. Yeah. Lola asks what Lance took issue with when he was working for WF New York. He was a great short order cook. Nice pun, Lola. Uh, you're obviously massive in real life. <laughs> uh, we got a reminder that Lance got battered by Big Show last week. Well, I hope he has an easier match tonight so he can get his job. <laughs> That's gonna be Kane. Yay! Hey, Red come on. Kane! No, oh, ha, ha. <laughs> Hey, come on, Flair. We're the ones who use Kane as a bad punchline. <laughs> yeah, come on. That's our guy. Kane gives Lance nothing. As Lola tells people to watch out for Austin because he doesn't drive his car, he aims it. After five minutes of, of abuse, Lance lands a nifty wheel kick off the top, but Kane sits up and jokes Lance in one, two, three. Oh. <laughs> Nothing really to it, is there? Nothing really to it. No, I'm just like a, hey, get your job back. And he doesn't. Lol, Kane. Uh-huh. Yeah, lol, get fuck, Lance. Uh, I'll have the chips, please, cheers. Uh, and uh, can I have the uh, fire, <laughs> the exploding burger, please? Thank you. Despite two signs in the crowd, uh, Biggs and Nate Dog, Northwest players, who I, I thought were a tag team, couldn't find anything about them. So Nate I, Dog's a rapper. Nate Dog's a rapper, but I didn't know who Biggs was. His mate. <laughs> He's small. One of the other rank names. Big small. And another side of the crowd that just said, Why to poo? Why poo J is right there. I know, right? But they went, Why to poo? Why to poo? Why to poo? It's a command prompt. <laughs> to beat Hitchhiker's Guy of the Galaxy, type in Why to poo. <laughs> Farouk continues to ask. Ask sex stuff of Matt Hardy until Matt flips the table as well as his lid and demands a match with one of them. Farouk says, damn, was it something I said? <laughs> and that segues into a U2 Triple H promo. The same one from Vengeance. Ah, oh, that we didn't get on the network. Bastards. Uh, Cole talks to Laura about the guy who was in prison for 13 months because he got caught importing caviar. Lola says, wow. This <laughs> <laughs> is best comeback yet. He's like waiting for punchlines. Like, is that it? You ever say wow, wow, and then Lawler frantically flipping through his punchline book? Caviar, caviar, caviar. Ca- I oh, don't even know her. Caviar tits. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, for, for this is my yard, the Hank Hill story. We get the Dudley's match. <laughs> the Dudley's and Christian versus Hottie and Albert, and we fat Taz. Cole calls Taz an overachiever. <laughs> which is really embarrassing because he's done fuck all but apparently that's overachieving he's employed so yeah. he's achieving more than a landstorm <laughs> Scotty and Albert apparently want to be called the zoo crew oh yes Lola says Albert and Hoddy should be a zoo crew because it's a hippo and a worm Cole says what would Taz be Lola replies certainly not a giraffe <laughs> All right, Lola, bringing it back. All right, you're one for one, pal. Hoddy dances backwards and Cole says, look, he's jive talking. Lola says, I speak jive in our second stolen airplane joke, you oh. hack. <laughs> Hoddy gets crotched around the ring post and Lola says, oh no, he's wormless. <laughs> Christian and Bubba isolate Scott to Hoddy, the star of NCL's biggest show yet. Mm-hmm. Lola doesn't care for NCL's no diddler policy, so decides that Hoddy's team should be called the Pasty Boys. Pasty boy, you dumb fuck, Matthew. The pasty boys. The pasty. Beastie boys are a tag team. 
Beastie Boys who are very white to begin with, the Pasty Boys. <laughs> to get but it. But I've put, I've saw it and instinctively said Pasty. The Pasty Boys. <laughs> Matthew writes his notes quite far away ahead from when he reads them. Pasty. So therefore, he has like a knock on the head between times that has amnesia. So all these notes are brand new to him again. Pasty. Pasty. Catsup. Ketchup. <laughs> I'll just put make. I'll just put in my notes here. Make cuddles the monkey joke. That means Tom was right, bored of this match. <laughs> match breaks down, but Hottie's able to land the bulldog to set up the worm, and Hottie stops before hitting it. As Stacy jumps on the apron to distract, so Albert de pants her. As Lola's announced desk rises three inches, <laughs> Hottie gets a three D in the confusion. But wait, Taz folds Bubba up like Mum's laundry. Before Christian attempts the unprettier, which is reversed into Taz's mission for the, the submission win, Taz is getting a push. Taz is overachieving. Taz is getting a push, and hopefully it's not a big one because he'll fall over otherwise. <laughs> da, da, da. Match is the usual SmackDown right. multi man fun, but with Taz winning. Taz won. Yay! Taz has had two very successful weeks on WWF television. He had. Uh, a four-minute, very competitive match with the fucking Undertaker. And now he's just beaten Christian by submission. The European champion, no less. Champion of Europe. Come on! Taz is our king now. Yay. Come on, Taz. Get fucked, Charles. <laughs> Vince gets a call from Booker uh, that we can all hear. <laughs> Booker says he ain't scared of Austin, but he has lost him. But it's okay, because he stopped at the Green Frog supermarket. But hang on. I think I, sees, I think I see Austin's truck. I'm hanging up now. The dialogue here was so clunky. And I'll just put it here. I was really mad. Why did that burger spontaneously come up? <laughs> he the He's still thinking, thinking about the burger. He yelled, free Tibetan died. <laughs> and the satellite feed, Cole and Lola laugh because they, they say to Jack, look, were we supposed to be able to hear that phone call? Because we couldn't hear a damn word Booker was saying. <laughs> And Lola, Lola does a bad impression to Booker. It says, rumble, rumble, supermarket, rumble, rumble, Austin. <laughs> and then Lola laughs because he's told like what was said. And he goes, what? Green Frog? Is that the name of the place? Oh, we have to say that? Okay. Why is it the Green Frog? Is it coupon day? <laughs> Lola bringing it back. They also laugh at the fact that Cole blew the setup line. And Cole is very apologetic. He goes, I'm really sorry. I didn't know what you were going for then. He says the zoo crew thing. Because <laughs> he goes... Goes, oh, the zoo crew, it's a worm, it's a hippo. With all the type of animal would Taz be? And then Cole says, I don't know, a pit bull or something. He goes, no. No, <laughs> no a, a devil, a Tasmanian devil. He goes, I'm really sorry for blowing your line, Lord. He goes, I know what you were going for. And he goes, that's okay, Cole. <laughs> okay. Matt Hardy is here looking miserable. Brought to you by Madden 02, Lord <laughs> of the Rings, and Mobile Suit Gundam. It's so weird hearing that being brought up on TV in 01. Just all three at the same time in particular, but yeah, suit man, I can get up with Lord of the Rings. Just being a very like, oh yeah, this film's coming out. It's like not gonna be as massive cultural impact that it will have. And Gundam, mm. just said by Lawler and Cole. Yeah, that's right, mobile suit Gundam. So nothing in the nothing in the between world of Lawler and Cole going. What's a Gundam? No, I think Lord of the Rings. Is it a wrestling thing? It's, it's only Taz going. What? How do you say this? Cort cortex and Cole. Going, I have no idea. Just give me four. Brad Jaws here to wrestle Matt's sadness. Brad, Brad has the most can't be arsed with this look in his face. Uh, do you know what? Bless Bradshaw, who's out there cleaning up Farouk's fucking mess. Because the Farouk yeah, why's Bradshaw out here? It was Farouk going, oh my girlfriend's fit. I'd fucking I'd kiss her on a on a punani. 
it. Farouk, Farouk, I'd rather not talk about this. Okay, okay. Three seconds later. Can I fuck her? Can I? <laughs> to which Matt goes, right, I'm fighting. And Farouk goes, Bradshaw, you're up? Yeah. <laughs> Damn right, I was up listening to that conversation. Uh, Big Brad batters Jeff's bro until Matt uses his agility to come off the top rope. He tries it again. No one lands in Bradshaw's waiting arms. I love you, Matt. Oh. But comes back with our tornado DDT. Fake crowd is pumped into this, but Matt's getting cheers and doing face stuff like the ah uh, leg drop. But wasn't he a heel in this? Yes. He was being a dick to Lita and Jeff, and the crowd were cheering when both of them turned on him. Uh, Bradshaw clotheslines Matt from hell, which is also where Matt's push is right now. <laughs> Turns out Bradshaw did win. He was just miserable looking come to the ring because that's him in general. <laughs> What do you think of this? I thought it was a very standard match. I thought, again, confused because I thought Matt was the heel here, but they have not really yeah. turned him heel. He's more just a, a sort of confused, crestfallen individual. I don't think that the Hardys and Lita are long for television. I believe that yeah. they're due to come off TV imminently. Yes, I think we'll get that next week. To reset and refresh from what has been a pretty miserable storyline. Mm-hmm. Speaking of miserable, uh, Ric Flair's sweater shows up to hang out in... <laughs> Just the sweater floats in. <laughs> what are you made of? Wool! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Flair and his sweater <laughs> show up in Vince's suite to talk Wool. to Vince. He says, ah, look, uh, I've... I've got uh, Austin on the phone and Austin tells Vince he's at the Green Frog supermarket and Vince is like, you're at the Green Frog supermarket? That's where Booker T's at. Booker T just said he was at the supermarket. You're Steve Austin. I'm feeding with you. I'm Vince McMahon. I'm the owner of the WWF. It's soon to be WWE. This is Ric Flair. He's 83. It's like, I don't know why they showed this segment. We, we got it. Booker T was full of experts. Sorry, I'm at the place. I think Austin's lost. Oh, he's here. Why do we need another bit here? I was confused why we needed another bit. And I think because Vince had heard from Cole and Laura they couldn't the phone call couldn't be heard. So therefore maybe he felt the need to over explain what yeah. was being said in case it wasn't coming through. In case the What's subtlety that la- What's that lassie? <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. In case the subtlety of this segment wasn't yeah. right. During the break, we're shown Vince trying to ring Booker. While yelling, I can't get through to Booker. His cell is dead. I need to ring him and tell him what he already knows. That Austin's there. Look, Rick, I'm telling him that Steve Austin has just attended the Green Frog Supermarket, which is where Booker T's at. Booker rang me to say that Austin was at the Green Frog Supermarket, and now Austin has rung me to say that he's at the Green Frog Supermarket. So I need to ring Booker and tell him that he told me what he told me was right, that Austin is at the Green Frog Supermarket. And Rick's Rick's just like... I'm going to wrestle Harley Race in 83. <laughs> Sold out the Toronto Skydome. Cut to Booker T in the Green Frog Supermarket. Yeah. Yes, he certainly is. Booker's out of the supermarket stealing cereal from like a box. A fucking knacker. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is this? Five-time WCW World Champion Booker T. Like, certainly, well, you know, not a millionaire at this point, but certainly very much can look after his own. Fucking in the in, right, in aisle five, like a fucking scutter, eating cereal out of the box. Rum, rum, rum. Jesus Christ. You, could, you know what? You might as well just got the whole hog and just had him around the back going through the bins. Yeah. Oh, someone's, a, someone's left half a banana here. 
Austin's hunting me. I better go eat some Lucky Charms with my hand. Name milk, you bum. <laughs> Booker hears Austin's voice over the PA. Uh, so Booker gets paranoid. Booker spots a bald white dude, but it's not Austin, and he batters him. Oh, well. Booker hears a can being opened behind him and realizes Austin is here and gives the world an amazing face reaction uh, with nothing else. Because it's like, it's, the camera's looking at Booker and it's obviously you see, you see Austin behind with the can and Booker's like, oh, he's behind me, isn't he? Look. Uh, Booker lands in the produce section as Austin delivers a supermarket leg sweep. Hey! Austin covers Booker in various Freudian sources before potatoing him with a potato. <laughs> Booker gets covered in flour and driven around on a trolley and shoved into a backstage area filled with cardboard boxes like a Starsky and Hutch chase scene. <laughs> Booker gets a second of recovery by locking Austin in a room. Uh, Boston emerges from the milk fridge, drinking the white stuff to yell, got milk, and hit Booker. Now, this bit was perfect because you see Booker painstakingly shut the door, or uh, like shoving Austin into this chiller cabinet and shutting the door. And as Booker's walking away, you realise that all the, the the fridges are all connected to this backroom chiller. So Austin just appears <laughs> inside one of the fridges. And it's shot perfectly. Because mm. it's over Booker's shoulder. You just see Austin in the, turning up in the fridge like Barney returning to the to Moe's tavern. <laughs> just appearing behind him. Yeah, like, and then he's and it's that iconic bit where it's Austin drinking milk. It's all pouring down his face. I think it's been used for dirty mm. purposes on multiple occasions. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Um, but Austin puts Booker through the scanning bit before hearing police sirens, it's like the sod off, and yells, price check on a jackass. Go ahead, no. Um, I know this is loved by everyone, but I think the novelty's worn off the amount of times people go on about it, like the greatest segment ever made. I was a bit miserable watching this. I'm very sorry. Reading the notes back, I actually go, no, it is great. But I was a bit sick when I wrote the type this because I was just like, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, but I realised yeah. it's like the 90th time I've seen it. Mm. So Sorry, I, that's a very negative look at it. Tom, can you be a bit more positive? Well, I can. And also, uh, Booker T and Steve Austin can. Uh, both have been interviewed about it in years gone by. Uh, during a Q&A on the Jericho's, Booker T talked about this segment and he said it was magic as far as two guys going out there. That's what we were able to do back then. Better than anyone. Go out there and improvise. More importantly, have fun. We did it with no lighting setup. We had one camera. They looked, we had a look around the store and then someone said, action. If they did that same thing today, they'd have to rehearse it for a couple of days. They'd have a lighting crew in there. They'd have three to four cameras and they'd have to edit it. Steve Austin and I, we did it all in one take and we created magic. Uh, Bruce Pritchard weighed in on the cost of the whole thing, saying, I'd probably add up the food and repairing of a few things. It wasn't that expensive when you look at the cost of trying to recreate that in another world, i.e. building a set. Actually, being able to go into a grocery store and for them to allow us to use the store gave that real sense of reality. It didn't look like a grocery store or anything like that. It didn't look like Guy's Grocery Store on the Food Network or anything like that. It was a real grocery store. They were kind They were kind enough to let us go through. Uh, they were kind of, so I've lost my place here. It didn't look like the store. They were kind enough to open their doors to us. Let us shoot that segment with Booker and Stone Cold, but it probably cost a few thousand dollars. In fact, Booker T says it was somewhere between ten to $15,000 in damage that was caused for that segment, but still cheaper than building a set. I on 15, okay, I think that it must be all together. Mm. Sorry, wrestlers, their numbers, they're all crazy. So yeah, it's, 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 it was Hulk a lot. Hulk Hogan gave him that quote. 
Now, the green frog market has some uh, history in the area. It was covered. This segment was actually in a news article in the Californian that weekend. Oh. Uh, and this, the green frog market is owned by a man named Scott Hare. And it's part of the oldest chain of grocery stores in all of Bakersfield. Mr. Hare told the Californian, it was very interesting to work with the WWF. And that skit was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Hare revealed the startling fact that the Kern County Board of Trade, Film and Tourism Council had contacted him about doing the show. And the store was closed during filming. He also revealed that the owners of the WWF, Vince McMahon, and he says Shane McMahon, which was a kayfabe violation, promised to reimburse him for any damages caused course so they basically <clears throat> via the, the the local film and tourism board they were contacted by the wwf they said we want to come in we want to cause some carnage anything that we break we will repair so and they did and they they they, they trashed the place <laughs> the staff went in and cleaned it up afterwards and then they sent vince a bill and he went yep there you go done so I like how you point out good like, vibes all around to yeah, be fair it sounds like a really it's like how would if we had to do this yeah. It's like how we would do it. Hey, non-chain uh, grocery store, if we can find one. Um, can we come in and trash the stuff and just pay for it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, just send us a bill, we'll pay for the damage. I like, I like you had to point out, don't worry, the supermarket was shut during it. It's like, yeah. Yeah, we gathered that. Oh, but I guess, you know what, they actually do a good job making it look like there's real people going around. Yeah, because so. when, when Booker's <clears throat> being put through the checkout, there's four or five people that are just wandering around <clears throat> and you see them sort of yeah. gathering to go, oh, what's going on? So they, it does... It does have a vibe of like a, a fully a fully functioning supermarket. Yeah. And I agree with Booker though. If they did do this nowadays, it would be like shopped and cut to death and like reaction shots. It would be like, oh, oh, you know, even more so than it is now. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's very naturally done compared to other stuff they've done. So you know I'm, what? Like I said, it is good. It's just I was just miserable at this time. So I remember I remember watching this at the time being 17 and just being one of those stupid fucking fans that takes it all too fucking seriously. And I was, and I was just like, Ooh, it makes Booker T look like shit, and he's brilliant. Like, smarky little gobshite. I have to say, I was. I, was, I was pretty much that at the same time. Yeah, I and, I, and I, I see, I think it's, what's, what's sad is I see fans like that online now, and I'm like, don't learn from my mistake. Yeah, you, you'll grow out of it, kid, don't it's, worry. Yeah, you'll grow out, you know, the, you, the difference is I didn't have Twitter to go online and... <laughs> And, and leave a, a paper trail of my <laughs> shittiness. And just baloney.com to post on Baloney.com to whinge on and a few fan forums, uh, which have <laughs> dissolved into dust. Yeah. But I, I look back on it now. I watched that segment. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really good fun. It was um, during a creative black spot in the yeah. WWF. I thought that was really good fun. Yeah, all spots won this episode. Yes. Uh, this follows up by the Crash Cortex Bandicoot. Who cares? It's not made by Naughty Dog. Slam of the week. Was Undertaker being beaten? Sorry, being beaten. Well done, Matthew. Great type in there. Undertaker beating RVD for the hardcore title. All I say to that is, wow. Wow. <laughs> Jericho makes entrance. Reminds us he beat Austin Rock in the space of 40 minutes. He did. He certainly did. Undertaker makes his entrance and Cole talks about how sadistic and rotten he is as the crowd cheer their asses off for the sight of him. <laughs> Clearly working fine. <laughs> uh, the Rumble is sponsored by Final Fantasy X. Bloody hell, yes. God, that game's old and great. Uh, like myself. Cole does a good job of hyping RVD's resilience to be out here off the Cortex Slam of the Week a minute ago. And The Rock is The Rock. He hates Test. Uh, Rock and Undertaker go shot for shot until Rock's crappy neckbreaker causes Rock to get distracted and want Jericho. Undertaker knocks him down, so then Jericho comes in when Rock is down. I like that formula. Rock does it so well with guys like Kurt Angle. Uh, Rock gets sneak attacked by Undertaker as the crowd chants for RVD. 
Not a lot of reaction for Jericho so far, it's got to be said. Rock gets battered for a bit by Undertaker, but hits a quick DDT to enable him to tag in RVD, who comes in with a leaping sidekick, and RVD had better pray to the god of drugs, which I assume is Willie Nelson, uh, that he doesn't hurt Undertaker or he's off to Mike Awesome punishment cell. RVD comes off the top with a rolling swanton, broken up by Dum Dum Jericho missing an elbow. Jericho dumps the light bit off the announce table on RVD, and the fake crowd pop they dumped over that is hilarious. You know the bit that the, the, the lid of the announce table, as I call yes. it, lightly graces RVD, and the crowd goes, the fake crowd goes, oh! It's like, no, they need uh-huh. to react that much to it. Jericho and RVD go at it, with Jericho already wearing a bandage to save him the effort of taking it, <laughs> taking on RVD. Rock makes the hot save and lands the people's elbow, but the ref gets pulled off, not like that, by Undertaker, leaving Jericho free to lock in the walls on RVD. The Rock effortlessly swats Jericho off the hold, and when Jericho tries to hit RVD with a chair, RVD spin kicks it into his face and pins him. Man, Jericho is made to look like just a guy here. Jeez. Show ends of Undertaker pulling a daft face to show his disgust at his dumbass loser partner World Heavyweight Champion losing like that. I'm going to tell you his thoughts. I'm going to run the toilet. You do that. It was actually the second funny face that the Undertaker did because the Undertaker at one point was on the top rope doing the old school. <laughs> he has Rob Van Dam's hand and he, he watch it back. He does his sort of wobbly eyed, wobbly melon type look. It is incredibly funny. Undertaker's face expressions here are fantastic. But like Matthew said there, it is absolutely a case of Jericho looking like just a guy. What a first week it has been for Jericho as undisputed world heavyweight champion. He barely survives a steel cage match against Steve Austin uh, with the help of a lot of interruption and interference, a lot of incidents and accidents and hints and allegations. He leaves a bloodied mess but barely survives. And then the, the second live show the new undisputed champion was on, he's pinned by Rob Van Dam. Not clean, Obviously, but pinned by the by by Rob Van Dam, it's it was it was a point where the where Van Dam getting the pin had people like Brian Alvarez of Figure Four uh, opining that we were going to be getting Rob Van Dam versus Chris Jericho at the Royal Rumble. That felt like the obvious way this was going to go, since it was Van Dam pinning Jericho, but. It's a match that doesn't make it that far. It was a really fun tag match uh, to end the show. But again, Jericho just should not. I mean, you know, who takes the pin in that match? I don't know. I guess maybe here's a wild thought. Maybe have Jericho win. What a wild idea. What a what a horrible, I would say, what horrible first week for Jericho. I'm, I'm back. Uh, Chuckles the monkey. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. What a rubbish week. The uh, Having him wrestle Steve Austin in the cage just to set up Booker versus Austin. Yeah. And then we've got him losing RVD on SmackDown to set up RVD versus Jericho, I guess. Well, that was, well, that was, was what, I, uh, as I said, while you were out, Brian yeah. Alvarez was saying that's kind of, they thought that would be what they'd do in the Rumble, mm. but we don't get that at the Rumble. No, we don't. No. In the satellite feed, after the show, uh, they play the Booker-Austin bit last. So, uh, so Cole says, don't go anywhere, fans. We've still got another segment to go. <laughs> Uh, Jericho is recovered and yells at RVD for busting open yet again. Rock tells Jericho off for being a loser as the crowd chant for RVD and Rocky. Say, see, Jericho, see Jericho no one's a chant for you. And I said, to be close to the truth there, Rocky, but thanks. Jericho is mad at RVD because Undertaker promised him a ride on his bike if they won the match. So, <laughs> <laughs> so RVD cost him a ride. 
This goes on for a while. <laughs> With poor audio as Cole and Lola take the opportunity to overdub some segments. Then Jericho takes a shot from The Rock while The Rock is wearing a foam finger he's borrowed from a fan from the front row. <laughs> then Rock introduces the Booker, seg uh, the Booker segment. Yeah, the Booker supermarket segment. Needs to be a type. And Cole and Lawler just want to go home. <laughs> it's a nice little bit there for the fans and stuff like that. Like, whoa, they just whoa, say whoa. we want to go home now. I think Lawler and Cole are like, okay, come on. <laughs> yeah, could do some overdubbing and leave. So, <laughs> yeah, big long episode of SmackDown this week. Uh, that was the episode of SmackDown. What mm. was something you remembered? Oh, the supermarket brawl. Of course. Of course. Fun, for better or for worse, as a kid, for worse, right now, for better. I thought it was fucking brilliant. I had a lovely time watching it. What about you? The, the same. Same? I'm, I'm trying to think of anything. It's like, there oh, was who am I kidding? Something you forgot. Um, with this one, I forgot the... <laughs> I forgot how... I forgot about the Rock and Test feud. Mm. That's the one I was going to think of. Because I forgot, like, when I was watching the Jeff Hardy Test match, I forgot the Rock randomly run out. And I was like, well... Mm. And then you look back and go, ah, the tag match. Yeah with Trish involved and all that stuff. Mm. So I forgot that they were attempting a rock test feud. And they and this is something that, that bubbles over during this sort of lull period between yeah. the end of the year and the Royal Rumble. They do a little TV rock and test feud. There's a bunch of changes, isn't there? I think mm. you think you set up for the Rumble, but they don't. Uh, I forgot how they set up the supermarket bit. <laughs> I thought you might want to have it. Operation Mincemeat. <laughs> Just to remind you, Vincent Booker, in brackets, with their dogs designed to eat snakes, <laughs> head to the little guest suite, head there, I sent food, go, <laughs> pot noodles, Yorkies, not for girls. A grenade. A grenade. <laughs> this is common people. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. All right. You know, uh, all right, Henry VIII, calm down. And then um, it's like, this is Austin's food. Then Austin's food spontaneously combusts. <laughs> uh, again, I, I, uh, the burger's on fire. I'm like, <laughs> they had proper writers in at this point. The burger's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, no one, you can tell no one in England was ready, was there, because they, oh, the pies are done. <laughs> burger's on fire, so that <clears> results <throat> in the fire brigade coming out. Fireman Slam. Uh, hey! Coming out to save the day. But it's Austin disguised as a fireman and getting a chase booker and then him going this way. Like, busy day at the office, right? In that, right? Very busy day in the office. And especially when, yeah, Cold and Lawler, the Sally people like, oh no, well, the booker's gone. Austin's just going to have to do something else. Oh, he's getting in a car and chase. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> edit this out yeah it's like okay we're at a weird stage now where the writing's getting way less cohesive and well put together as it used to be is Matt Hardy a face or a heel don't know lol thong Tess is just doing what he wants I guess and Regal's bleeding everywhere uh, yeah it's getting a bit messy and it it's is. only going to get messier in the next few weeks not just because of the WWA news and the XWF feud that's kicking off on the, on the indies Ooh. but all the other stuff we've got to come but hopefully you'll be joining us. That's us being me and Tom for more. Call Dollar Classic Smackdown Review 
next time. Yes, Queen. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out a brand new episode of the Cultolic Classic Nitro review. Ooh. Sam Driver and Ooh. myself. Be so, be so uh, we, oh. Who won the bloody war? <laughs> we hadn't been for us Americans. Um, it's, we are a couple of weeks into the birth of the Outsiders and the heel turn of Hulk Hogan. Never heard of him. Never heard of him either. Um, wait, wait. Nash, Hogan and Hulk. How's that relevant to oh. 2 WWF? If only there was a connection. Uh, well, do we talk about that on the podcast feed? You can check that out right now. What have you got coming up, Matthew? I'm running away from Chuckles the Monkey. <laughs> you better fucking run quicker. Uh, I'll be... What am I doing? I'm going through the best and worst matches of the year. Uh, we did 94 last week. Oh, it'll be 95 this week then. Great. Uh, doing that on the streams on Twitch on Sunday evenings or when I can be asked. Cause I'm going to a house party the day before, so I'll be off my head. Hey! Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, that I had planned on getting a video made sooner, but I've just been ill. Um, so I've mostly just been. Matthew will be playing Chrono Trigger by himself. <laughs> That's all I got to plug this that week. Euthanism for something. Oh, if only. <laughs> playing Chrono Trigger by myself. And what about you, Tom? Uh, I have been playing Chrono Trigger by myself. Um, I've plugged everybody. I've plugged in. Did it just then? You did what I did last ah, week. Ah, Pollux. So we got. What's, what's happening with you, Tom? I just told you. Nitro review. Oh. <laughs> so what's happening with you, Tom? <laughs> How are you, mate? You all right? I'm all right. So SmackDown. <laughs> for in, the latest. In the news this week. For the latest throughout the day, you can check out goldaholic.com. As always, he's at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Gavillard. We're together. Goldaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Why does a burger spontaneously combust? Like the burger. We're going to get through this. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 